In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, in Amen. the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. We are the new Kingdom Podcast team. May the Father bless you. Amen. See in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. As promised in our last episode, we're going to delve deeper into where Edom is. Remember the title was, Who is this that comes from Edom? And we promised to zoom in on where Edom is. We know, even though this is not public knowledge, but the archaeologists, the scientists, everyone, the pastors, prophets, everyone in the world is searching quietly for where Edom is. And in today's episode, you're going to find out exactly where. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So in the last segment, we talked about Edom and how God himself comes from the land of Edom. And Esau's twin brother was Jacob, which is Israel. Of course, we all know the physical location or the geographical location of where Israel is. So now it has pleased the Father to use us to reveal to you where Edom is, both biblically and geographically, so that you will understand more about what we talked about in the previous segment. So I want to begin this segment from Genesis chapter 2, verses 9 to 14. And it reads, And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from thence it was parted and became into four heads. The name of the first is Pison, that is it, which compasseth the whole land of Havilah, where there is gold. And the gold of that land is good. There is Bedellium and the onyx stone. And the name of the second river is Jihan. The same is it that compasseth the whole land of Ethiopia. And the name of the third river is Hidika. That is it, which goeth toward the east of Assyria. And the fourth river is Euphrates. May God bless his holy words. Amen. So the passage is talking about this is when God created the world and he made Adam and Eve to dwell inside of the garden. So the passage is telling us that there was a river that came out from the garden, which means that it's a physical location upon the earth. And this river split into four separate rivers or four heads as it is described, as we have just read. So one of the rivers went and encompassed the whole land of Ethiopia, which is in Africa. And another river went into the land of Havilah. Now, Havilah was the grandson of Ham, and Ham was of the descendants of Noah. Noah had three sons, Shem, Japheth, and Ham. So Ham, all of his descendants are African. The land of Havilah, especially at that time, was inside of Africa. So this is exactly what the Bible is depicting. 
the same way that God began the world is the same way that he ends it. Everything is in that order because when Adam and Eve, they fell from grace, it was a mistake that they had made. It's just like if somebody spills a drink here, you will not go to a different location to fix that mistake. You cannot go elsewhere and expect to have that drink that you spilled to be cleaned up. It's the same type of logic that God uses upon the earth. So where the first man, Adam, fell from grace, that is the same place that he must come back again to rise or to fix the mistake that he made at the first. That's why there's a first Adam, there's a second Adam, and there's a third, which is written in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 45 to 47. In this specific scripture, in Genesis chapter 2, is speaking of how God created the world inside of Africa. And in Revelations chapter 22, verses 2 to 4, and it reads, In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruits every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be written in their foreheads. So specifically verse 2, it also speaks again of the tree of life. Now the tree of life, which was found in the Garden of Eden at the very beginning, that same tree of life is still there till date. The only thing is that it was hidden from man. And I believe in future segments, we will get more into the tree of life and also the tree of wisdom that were found in the Garden of Eden. Going back to Genesis chapter 2, this is how we know that Edom is inside of Africa because the first descendants, starting from Abraham, because Abraham, number one, was of the descendants of Shem, which was one of the three sons of Noah. He was of the descendants of Shem. So at that time, he was in Arabia. But God then called him and told him that he should move further south into a land called Canaan, which is the land of promise, which is written in Genesis chapter 17, verse 8. And it reads, And I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So this is God's promise to Abraham, that he will give him the land of Canaan as an everlasting possession which means that it's not something that is temporary, but it will be for his seed for an eternity. Abraham's seed, because Abraham begat Isaac. Isaac then had two children, which is Jacob and Esau. So that's Israel and Edom. They all dwelt inside of Africa because the true land of Canaan is inside of Africa. And that will take a cross-reference again from Genesis chapter 13, verse 1. It says, And Abram went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and lot with him into the south. So God made a promise to Abraham that he will give him a land for an everlasting possession, which is called the land of Canaan, or the land of promise. So Abraham, after his dad had passed, after his father, his earthly father passed away, then he went into Egypt. And from Egypt, he went further south into Africa, specifically the Western Strip of Africa. And uh, that is where he dwelt. 
And that is where the descendants of Abraham also dwelt. They also dwelt inside of Africa, both Ishmael, Isaac, and Jacob and Esau, all of his descendants dwelt inside of Africa. The land of Canaan is an everlasting possession that is given unto him by God himself in the name and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Wow, that was that was a very good in-depth, I would call it analysis. Now we see that that promise that was given to Abraham was not just for those biblical times, because I think we also make that mistake of reading some of the things that happened back then as just, oh, that promise was just for them, and this is a new time, and those things don't apply. We thank the Father for that reminder that that promise to Abraham continues even till today and will continue until way after our children on this earth. For anyone that needs further clarification or is still a little confused, the Holy Spirit is the one teaching us these things because back then they did the best they could to record everything that happened, but you know, things slip through the cracks and it's only God himself because he's the only one that has been here from the beginning of time in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So we would like to know where Edom is today. Now we've learned that Edom was the first child, Esau. Where is that Edom? Where can we find it today? In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, so Esau was, of course, of the descendants of Isaac. And initially, their descendants dwelt in the Middle East. So as the Israelites migrated, they crossed the Red Sea with Moses that is when their journey began in the Middle East. The Edomites also migrated from Africa into the Middle East. But we now see in the scriptures, in 1 Kings chapter 11, verse 14, it says that King David chased the Edomites from the Middle East all the way into Egypt. Because at that time, they were enemies with Israel. The Edomites and the Israelites were enemies. So he chased them from the Middle East into Egypt. And there was a prince called Prince Hadad. So the verse is 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 14 to 22. And it reads, And the Lord stirred up an adversary unto Solomon, Hadad the Edomite. He was of the king's seed in Edom. For it came to pass when David was in Edom, and Joab, the captain of the host, was gone up to bury the slain after he had smitten every male in Edom. For six months did Joab remain there with all Israel until he had cut off every male in Edom. That Hadad fled, he and certain Edomites of his father's servants with him to go into Egypt, Hadad being yet a little child. And they arose out of Midian and came to Paran. And they took men with them out of Paran, and they came to Egypt unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, which gave him an house and appointed him victuals and gave him land. May God bless his holy word. Now we see that the Edomites, they dwelt in the Middle East, and King David then smote all of the Edomites and caused them to move from the Middle East into Egypt. And from Egypt... They went further south into Africa because the Egyptians gave them a parcel of land. At that time, Egypt was bigger than what it is today. And they owned also another parcel of land called Sudan. And Sudan at that time was the western strip of Africa. 
So that is where the Edomites went further into Africa to dwell because of the opposition or their enemies that came from the Middle East, which was specifically King David. So that is how the Edomites migrated from the Middle East into Africa once again in the name and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Some people might be a little confused of what the correlation between Esau and Edom is. So I want to take a Bible passage to prove and lay any confusions to rest that Esau was indeed called Edom. That was his name. So we'll take the reading from Genesis chapter 25, verse 30. So this was where Esau sold his birthright. I I hope we're all familiar with that. So verse 30 says, And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. That is where that name came from. And from his generation is where God then promised that he is going to come back as an Edomite. If you remember that we read Isaiah 63 verse 1 in the last episode, which is actually where the title of this series comes from, Who is this that comes from Edom? You should be able to draw that correlation between Esau and the Edomites. And remember, Esau's description was that he was hairy, his skin was red. All those descriptions let us know that this was referring to the entire black race. And in our time, our father has come in Africa, which is the home of the Edomites, Esau's lineage. It's all encompassing. So I just wanted to clarify that so that you don't think anything was made up. Esau is Edom, and it's there in a lot of passages in Genesis where he was referred to as Edom. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And thank you so much for the clarity, because I think it's very necessary for each and every one of us to understand that Esau is Edom. Jacob, of course, is Israel, so that we may know that the promises that were given to Abraham, that he will bless his seed with our Lord Jesus Christ, as we said in the last segment, that he will come through Jacob first, and then he will also come through Edom, which is Esau's descendants. And I also wanted to take a cross-reference to Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 3 to 6. It says, God came from Teman, and the Holy One from Mount Paran, Selah. His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise, and his brightness was as the light. He had horns coming out of his hands, and there was the hiding of his power. Before him went the pestilence, and burning of coals went forth at his feet. He stood and measured the earth. He beheld and drove asunder the nations, and the everlasting mountains were scattered. The perpetual hills did bow. His ways are everlasting. May God bless his holy words. Amen. So what this specific passage tells us is that God came from Teman. Teman was a grandson of Esau. Especially in those days, they used to call their sons and their grandsons and their lineage. They used to call the land by their sons' names. So when they say that God came from Teman or Edom, all of these names signify specific people that correlate to those locations. So it says that God came from Teman, which is in reality is Edom. But it was a prominent state in those days in the land of Edom, which is in Africa. 
So it says at verse 6 specifically, it says that the everlasting mountains were scattered. The perpetual hills did bow. His ways, speaking of God, are everlasting because God gave the everlasting promise and the everlasting possession, as we have just read in Genesis chapter 17, verse 8, to Abraham, that the land of Canaan, he will give him that land for an everlasting possession, which is the land of Edom. Today, now, they call the land of Canaan, they call it Calabar, is called the city of Canaan. That is what they call it. So if you were to Google it or whatever, you would see that it is called the city of Canaan. Just like other cities, they always have specific models or titles that they give to it other than the actual name. But there's a city that is in Nigeria that is called Calabar and is also the city of Canaan. So this is where the original Canaanites dwelt. So now when Abraham came into the land of Canaan, which is in Africa, he dwelt with the Canaanites. And that was the land that God promised that he will give him for an everlasting possession. And that is exactly what has been fulfilled in our day and age or in our time in the name and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Father. So these words have come into fulfillment in our time. This is exactly what God has revealed to us, and this is exactly what is taking place now. The city of Canaan or the land of Canaan has been given to Abraham as an everlasting possession that when the children of God or the descendants of both Israel and Edom come into the world, this specific land is given as an everlasting possession. And that is in Biakban. And the city of Canaan is in Calabar. So these two cities, specifically Biakban, is called the New Jerusalem, as was stated in Revelation chapter 22. They called it the New Jerusalem, also in Revelation 19 as well. And the city of Canaan is the everlasting possession that God himself has come to bring on earth. So this is physically where the first man, Adam, was made. And this is where the third Adam also arises to receive all glory and also to correct the mistake that was made at the first. So this is the plan of God, the mindset of God. You know, if there's a mistake that is made, the mistake must be corrected. And that is part of the law of retribution. Or you can say a karmic law, as people say. This is exactly what God has brought to us. So the land of Edom simply is inside of Africa, specifically in Nigeria. And the land of Canaan, which is part and parcel with what God promised Abraham, is inside of a city called Calabar. And that is where the children of God and the descendants of Abraham in their entirety, that is exactly where they dwell in the name and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We thank the Father so much for everything he has revealed to us in this episode. As I always like to tell people, when you think of God, don't think too far. Why am I saying this? Because you are a direct reflection of God. So however you would want your ideal situation is exactly what God wants. I'll give you an example. We know that God loves praise. Look at you and I. When someone praises you, what happens? You instantly smile, no matter how your day was going. So don't look too far to understand the things of God. 
he's closer to you or he's as close to you as your tongue is to your teeth. That is what should help us understand that when that mistake was made, when man fell out of grace in the Garden of Eden, in that same location, that's where that mistake has to be corrected. For the entire creation, we have to make up for that mistake. And all we need to do is be grateful and thank God for giving us such an opportunity to be able to right our wrongs in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, beloved brethren, we will not be tedious, as our Father always says. It's been wonderful delving into this topic because, like we said in the beginning, it's something that confounds the entire world because when they are searching for God's ways, they go so far, so high. But God's things are so simple, so, so simple, as we've just said. I don't know if Rosam has any final remarks before we close. Yes, uh, thank you. So much, of course, uh, specifically to uh, Sister M.M., and I thank you all for listening to the podcast. I thank God for revealing this unto us, and I pray that God gives you the ability to assimilate these words and to understand exactly the viewpoint that we're coming from, because it's something that many people have not yet heard, but I know that the Father in this day and age, has now unveiled the mysteries of heaven, the mysteries of our Lord Jesus Christ and all of his teachings and doctrines. And I know that he alone is able to grant us the ability to not only be hearers, but doers of his words. And I know that in future segments, we will delve into other regions of the Bible where people are not yet familiar about the new kingdom of God, about our Lord Jesus Christ, and his second advent, and what his mission is on earth in the name and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you, Father.
Joy, I 